0: This week on Waxing the Porpoise, G-Baby and the usual suspect Steve become ensnared in a tale within a tale as we examine the 2016 film Nocturnal Animals, a depressingly dark and haunting tapestry woven in fear, vengeance, and guilt by famed fashion designer masquerading as top-notch filmmaker Tom Ford. Join us as we kneel at the altar of Michael Shannon and Jake G's now routine S-tier performances, ask ourselves what we would do in a harrowing situation such as The Film Presents Us, and reflect on our previous discussion about Orca vs. Jaws with a reading from a one Steven Spielbergo giving our usual suspect that straight daddy damage. The Porpoises. Midnight companions and keen observers cut from the cloth of darkness and despair at the vanguard of bespoke filmmaking guide us where the line between reality and fiction blur together in this slept-on film.
1: I got gonna kill you, son. Oh, please me.
0: Let's wax this chastened porpoise. face, don't do that. See, we we working on his brow shop We're just in back of the crown shop
1: Like if you're if you're a franchisee, you're like, oh, I actually own and operate seven roofs, Chris's.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So there is a scenario when that would be used. I still have never eaten it one. I, haven't I just either. I like I like the spectacle of it. Well, you wouldn't. It's just it's like a steakhouse.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean we had one in. I think we had one in Roseville. I also always confuse that with Ruby
0: Tuesday. <sighs> oh my god! I don't know why? We used to have someone that we worked with in the office that had a dog named Ruby Tuesday. Do you remember that?
1: Oh, yeah. That's objectively a, a really shitty name for a dog, obviously.
0: <laughs> 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 a, a ch- American as shit chain, like TJ. TGI- yeah, name your dog Tjif Fridays.
1: I mean, be TGIF Fridays. <laughs> even if, even <laughs> if you're TGIF saying Fridays. like, I'm a big Rolling Stones fan, man. It's like, okay, well. Your dog's name is Ruby. Stop. <laughs> I mean, I have like a million nicknames for my cat, but I would never introduce her as like Sir
0: Purrington the Second Queen. Yeah. You know,
1: like <laughs> no, you just your fucking dog has a name. It's Ruby.
0: So this this gal was like doing like her her laps around different departments, and she had her dog, and she was introducing it like it's Ruby Tuesday say hi to ruby tuesday like just really in your face gross about it you know like yeah annoying and uh our friend came and and he was just like what the fuck is that man he's like ruby tuesday yeah it's like (laughs) i'm working right now you know yeah or do i have to call it ruby tuesday like that's such a that's how i feel
1: when people would do that with their kids like i don't give a fuck i'm much more (laughs) likely to want to say hi to your dog or your cat but if you're like, hey, uh, hey, this is Cooper. Say hi, Cooper. Like, I don't want to speak to you. I don't have any desire to talk to you at all. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> Oh, look at him. That's he is. Oh.
0: That's when you can introduce things. So you can be like, hey, do you know how to? Have you ever done this before? Pull my finger.
1: Oh yeah, I I actually do that probably a little too often with our our friend's kid. <laughs> Do you know what a Columbia necktie is? (laughs) You know Santa's not real.
0: Uh, Have you ever heard of Nambla? (laughs) I'm going to teach you about child labor laws. They're silly and outdated. (laughs) All right. Welcome to Waxing the Porpoise. We are back on episode 70. Uh, Tonight we are discussing nocturnal animals from 2016. Uh, tonight, as usual, you got myself, Jim G. Baby. Look at my finger. Look at my finger. You need to give me a hundred bucks and get the fuck out of my car right now. Okay! And as usual, we have the usual suspect, Steve. You need a nice,
1: mellow indica. I got a great North Cali, bud, with a soothing body high and surprisingly
0: accurate visions of the future. How's it going, man?
1: What's that? Is that Pineapple Express? I haven't seen that.
0: No, that's actually from uh, Seth Rogen's in it. It's uh, The Night Before. Have you ever seen that one? I don't think so. With him, Anthony Mackie, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. They're like three dudes. They go out on the town on Christmas in New York, and they get shit-faced, and they do drugs. I and
1: I don't think so, but that kind of circles back to, it, wasn't Anthony Mackie in The Wire? Looking back he? to our pre-show conversation, I might be thinking of somebody else.
0: If he was, he was really young, or pretty young.
1: Well, I mean, Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan was in The Wire, That's and true. he was he was tiny. Yeah, this guy was in. Uh, this guy was in The Wire, and he was really fucking good in The Wire too.
0: I like him a lot. He's a good actor. In in the past, probably I don't know, maybe five or six years, he's really kind of jumped up to a list. Being in, he was in a couple Marvel movies, and
1: God, um, actually, maybe not. He looks a lot like the guy who was in The Wire. Um, shit, that's really bug B, me.
0: Michael B. Jordan also went on to uh, some recent like superstardom. He was in, he was in uh, Black Panther. He played Eric Killmonger. He was pretty badass. All
1: right. Upon further review, it appears this guy was not in The Wire. He just looks a lot like the guy who was.
0: Okay. Yeah, i didn't, i I didn't feel like he was. I feel like he'd be too young for that, but maybe not. Um, yeah. Uh, night before, it's it's pretty funny. Subsequent watches, I don't know. Your mileage may vary. It has for me, but a first time watch, it's it's a really good time, and it's Christmas time. Uh, so, but yeah, that dude, I I sampled Michael Shannon, uh, who has become a a late favorite of mine, actor, who plays. Yeah.
1: He was awesome and, in this. Andes. Yeah.
0: Roberto Bobby Andes. Um yeah, he's he's fucking great. But yeah, that's he plays this weird like fucking uh like great Gatsby like uh pot dealer to these dudes and gotcha. he's like giving them like words of wisdom and like they have to go buy pot three different times i think because that uh they get like hustled or they get jacked for their weed so they have to keep going back to them and he's this creepy they they knew from high school that's like now a weed dealer they're like in their mid-30s and each each like interaction <laughs> is fucking super funny that one like seth rogan's freaking out and he's like hey look at my finger look at my finger you need to give me hundred. And because <laughs> he just gave Sethro, he made him smoke weed and he gave him like this vision of something that really fucked up happens in his future. I'll yeah, keep an eye ha- out for it. I'm always looking for a good Christmas flick. Yeah. It's a good one to add to the repertoire for sure. Uh, and it's nice because it's like, it's pretty dirty, you know, it's like a heart, it's pretty blue, you know, it's like yeah, a hard like a bad Santa. Yeah. Yep. Totally. Um, okay. Um,
1: yeah, I'm really I'm excited to talk about this one because it could have gone like the story could have gone so many different directions. And I'm curious to see what you think. And yeah, I, I watched it yesterday, and I've been thinking about it a lot ever since I watched it. So
0: nice. Yeah, I watched it last last night too. I didn't know if I was gonna be able to finish it. I thought I was gonna have to do like an early morning or like mid afternoon rewatch, but because uh, I was fucking tired, and I started it at eleven last night. and I for I forgot a lot of this movie and then you know when things start getting serious it was right where I was at the teetering point of I'm gonna pass fuck out right now but then it like jolted me awake was I was like oh fuck I forgot this part you know and so and I ended up staying up till like one or whatever to to finish it out when did you first see it and how many times do you think you've seen it I've only seen this movie twice one of which was late last night um and the first time was, I think it was like a year after it came out in theater. Cause I didn't see it in theater, but it was like when it, when it first became new to streaming. So like 2017 probably. Okay. And I forgot like my fucking memory, dude. It's like, I, I was like, damn, I can't believe I forgot this part, you know, or like, like the level of intensity behind it. Um, I think it's just cause there's so much shit. And then through COVID I probably increased my, Watching of shit, you know, like a ton and streaming. Yeah. So I think it just got, it got, I needed to make room for other <laughs> memories, you know, but yeah. I was shocked because there was, there was, it was almost like watching it for the first time again. Really, the only thing I remember was Jake Gyllenhaal, really good performance. And I really liked this dude, Michael Shannon. And at the time, I didn't know much about him. It was only like in the last two years, I've become more aware and seen him in a lot of other shit that I really dig. But um, yeah, anyway, what what do you think about this one? It sounds like you're leaning towards This Is A Like.
1: Yeah, I liked it a lot.
0: Um, Sweet. Fuck you. I,
1: I didn't really care for the intro. <laughs> 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 the pretty rough. intro's
0: fucking, That's one I was like, I do not remember this, and I feel like I would normally, because it is one of the more odd openings.
1: Oh, my God, and it goes on forever, too. Yeah. Uh, I also... <laughs> Well, in some uh, reading some of the bad reviews about it just for fun, so many people just would couldn't get over the opening scene. It's like, well, yeah, I mean, it was weird and kind of jarring. But if you're if your criticism of the movie is mostly centered around the intro, it's like something you're you're definitely going to hate the rest of it. But yeah, it's a weird it's a weird thing for somebody to latch onto as their main complaint. I also didn't love the ending. Um, for reasons we can get into later obviously it, it leaves it kind of open-ended but mm-hmm. it didn't it didn't really deflate me the way that some other open-ended endings do you know because there's like there's a couple interesting possibilities the way that you can look at it a different way and i'm curious to see what you think about it so it was more of like mm-hmm. an interesting ambiguous ending instead of like because i hate it when it's a type of ending where it's like they literally could not think of a good way to end it so they they just intentionally left it vague whereas this one they could have easily gone one of two or three different yeah. directions
0: um, I get what you mean yeah yeah so yeah other other movies that are like more confounding you want some kind of resolution and it's like god damn it but this one i agree like yeah there's like it seems obvious that there's like two or only two or three possibilities, you know, like it's that kind of movie. Well, and it's
1: also like, it's only that next thing that they're depriving you of. Like, I can't think of a good example, but I hate those movies where the, the ending is so ambiguous. It makes you rethink the entire thing. Like, well, was that? Was that whole thing
0: a dream or or whatever? It's like, that's
1: so cheap. I
0: hate that. That's a better way. That's a much better way of describing that. Yes. That's it. <laughs> um,
1: if anybody hasn't seen it, I will say it's very dark. Um, yeah, I think I'm just a little more desensitized because I watched it alone, and the whole time I was watching it, I was thinking, "I don't, I don't know if I would really recommend this to anybody that I know because it's pretty fucked up." And yeah, like the tension is high pretty much immediately, and it doesn't mm-hmm. really ever dial back because you sort of know. The story that's being told because there's there's basically three stories being told simultaneously, and the whole time you're kind of on edge because you're thinking, well, I whatever story is being told, I know there's more to it, and you're just waiting for the other shoe to drop. Mm-hmm. Also, I mean, also anytime there's like a like a kidnapping, woman, rape thing, like that's always obviously just hard to watch, and mm-hmm. yeah, so you get into that pretty early on. So I think we should kind of just do a quick little like Cliff's notes, and then yeah. go through some of the, uh, some of the more ambiguous storylines. Cause yeah, I mean, even just thinking about it, I kept, I kept coming back to a couple like, Oh, what if it was like this? Or um, there's, there's certain things that don't really jive with me as far as like a uh, coherent narrative all the way through. So uh, I'm looking forward to talking it through with you. So yeah, the, <laughs> Oh my God, that art display at the beginning is such <laughs> such a visual assault, and it's it's why I don't really... I'm not a very artistic person, because if that's what art is,
0: <laughs>
1: uh, count me out.
0: Yeah, this is like super... I, I can't tell, and we'll get into it later, because there's some interesting angles based on the director of this film, and his kind of backstory is, is pretty interesting, which I normally wouldn't say about a fucking fashion designer, but... Putting that aside, yeah, this beginning is super weird and it's, uh, yeah, it, it feels like that that super high art, like pretentious, almost almost to the level of like dare leaked in fucking yeah. Zoolander, you know, like we're wearing trash and making it, you know, yeah. like chic and hot. And I don't know if he was like doing that same thing in a different way, like tongue in cheek or if if the minds behind this like if this really is art i mean hey if it's art to you it's art i'm i'm a fan of that kind of belief but um doesn't mean i have to agree or like yeah. it um and i don't think it was about that but for me i was just like this is a really interesting and weird fucking way to start your movie right like in that kind of sense so i just fucking rode with it i was along for the ride um i was like yeah what Maybe it's, in, maybe not, maybe I'm giving it too much credit, but maybe it's to like get you in a certain way of thinking or in a certain mood to start this flick. But um, what's the, what's the symbology there?
1: <laughs> <laughs> symbology.
0: Um, yeah. So yeah. Like you said, this is a cup. It's like, I was thinking about it. I it, it kept, I was like thinking of like a Reese's, like a mini, you know, and you have the chocolate and the good peanut butter inside Um, it's like two stories or three, like they're concentric circles, but then they also kind of like blur together a little bit at times. And they, there's a lot of stuff that mirrors one another. But so like I was thinking about the outer wrapping, the chocolate of this is uh, Amy Adams plays uh, like she's, she's some kind of like art dealer collector. She's in the art world. She facilitates uh, showings and this this kind of nightlife in L.A. That's got its own like culture and cliques and um, she's uh, she's a very unhappy woman. Yeah. Uh, she's brooding as shit. The mood is it's it's a very moody movie, um, and so she she used to be with jake gyllenhaal who's our other main character long time ago he's just written a book uh called nocturnal animals and he's sent her the manuscript to read over um and i guess you know they were married 20 years ago they got divorced after a couple years um and she's very like well to do she's with some other new dude now um like they're living in like a penthouse like really aren't No, they have, like, a crazy spread, like, somewhere with, like, fucking windows everywhere. Um, But uh, so then she gets this manuscript and she starts reading it. And then we cut into, like, a completely different movie, basically. Uh, Like, a completely different story. It reminds me a lot. I've seen this online, too. And I don't know if it's right on the nose, but it's close enough. It reminds me a little bit of Hell or High Water. Have you ever seen that? I have. I've, I've seen it once. Uh, I did like it. I don't really remember too much about it, though. Yeah. It's another one, like, wh- there's a lot a lot of stuff going on. Um, a lot of different characters. And, like, Jeff Bridges is in it. Uh, ben Foster and Chris Pine. It's really good. Um, yeah. I, f- I feel like I kind of remember thinking, this is,
1: it's like No Country for Old Men Light. I felt light, like it was... yeah. Yeah, but so this one is interesting because you've got current day, and you know, upset, lonely housewife, husband is cheating on her, and loveless marriage, and mm-hmm. then then she starts reading the manuscript, and you've got this separate universe, and then they start sprinkling in flashbacks yeah. from the real world, but back then. And I thought they did a really good job of clearly defining which was which, mm-hmm. even, even though Jake Gyllenhaal plays himself in the past and the character in the book. I thought that might get a little wonky, but, uh, yeah,
0: I guess this is based on a book and, uh, in the book, she doesn't visualize her ex-husband as the main character in the book. They're like two different people, but for whatever reason they chose to get, you know, they used it. they wanted to hit money both ways with Gyllenhaal in both roles, but which could be confusing at first, but, um, I'm a big fan of him, so I'm glad he got to play both roles.
1: Yeah. Well, I feel like Isla Fisher and Amy Adams look similar enough to where –
0: Yeah. You know, it's it's, easy to, like, transpose, like,
1: oh, this is a younger her, and then this is him still in the same age because, hey, we've got him, so we may as well use him.
0: Right. Yeah, I read that they did that on purpose um, because you can have him starring in dual roles because he's not the one telling the story. Amy yeah. Adams is. so if they if they would have used her as the figure in her mind's eye that would have got confusing in a different way but anyway yeah uh or even even if
1: they want to be extra confusing as she's reading the <laughs> manuscript and starts to relate it more to her actual life if she became the person in the in that story you know like then she starts picturing herself as that woman I, yeah. yeah that could be just a little bit a little bit too much but
0: Yeah, they could have done it easily because they kind of set the stage for her seeing shit and being weird because she doesn't sleep. She's like a fucking insomniac. She's depressed, you know, like, seems pretty broken.
1: She's a ginger, so we know she has no soul. (laughs) And so, yeah, I mean, what? It's like 10 or 15 minutes into the movie. She starts reading the manuscript, and they leave on their – in the manuscript, it's a family of husband, wife, daughter. They leave on a road trip. And then they start getting fucked with on the highway by the, these car, two cars full of goons. Yeah. And I feel like that, it just ratchets it up and it just stays there the entire rest of the movie. Yeah. And you totally. And that whole confrontation, you're think you like your, your mind knows where this is going, but it takes such a long time, not a long time in reality, but it just feels like such a long protracted scene that you're like, fuck, I think I have a feeling where this is going, but yeah. It's just slowly getting there. And I just kept rooting for him to, like, God, just grab a tire iron and just crack one of these motherfuckers over the face. And, right. And then, uh, unfortunately, it, it ends up being exactly what you're expecting. So, yeah. They, yeah,
0: I thought that was it, – it, it was really long, but I thought it was good because they gave you, like, putting yourself in Jake Gyllenhaal's shoes – he, I think his name is Tony in this part. Um, they give you like little glimmers. Oh, maybe maybe this can turn around. You know, like maybe he can get out of it with just like sacrificing himself, or them beating the shit out of him, or taking one of them. You like, there's bargaining happening, and yeah. it's like a very uh, tense is shit. Because yeah. I didn't remember it being this tense. And watching it late at night, that's what pulled me up and like made me finish the movie because it put me in like a uh, like I had a pit in my stomach. And yeah. I was like, oh, fuck, man. You know, like, I'm I like movies that are able to do that. Yeah.
1: Say, yeah. Same. Same here. Because a lot of times I'll just find myself watching something, not really emotionally invested in it at all, just just watching it. And But yeah, in this one, like, God, it really gets you. And then the cop drives by and they try to wave him down and he doesn't stop. It's like, God oh, damn. It's, yeah. And it started to remind me of Breakdown a little bit. Exactly. That same, same kind of. <laughs> so much so that when we first meet.
0: Uh, is he a lieutenant and Andes, whatever? He's um, like sergeant detective or chief detective or something.
1: Yeah, for so long I was like, "Fuck, this guy's in on it," and he's friends with these townies, and he's either gonna like frame frame Jake Gyllenhaal or huh. bury him in the desert. I just kept thinking, like, "God, please don't let this guy be in on it."
0: But he, that's an interesting def- take. I never would have. uh, yeah, I never would have like thought, oh, maybe he this angle. I thought he was slow playing it towards the beginning and he was playing it a little too dispassionately, I guess. Like I would have liked to see him or I thought he was going to be a little bit more uh, intense, but he's very dry, like yeah. just the facts. But you can also tell like uh, like this is got, like a guy not to fuck with. You know, and yeah. it's only later on that he develops into, you know, like, I'm going to fucking, we're going to get these guys, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, the, the, the part about the, like the, all the back and forth and like the tension you get, like the cop, I was, I was exactly thinking like breakdown only. This is feels like a more realistic version because breakdown yeah. has some parts about it that are a little bit more hollywood like this this part i was like that's what's even more tense or scary i was thinking about because i've watched so much like dateline now of late and like i've always kind of had my eye on like crimes and like true crime and unexplained like disappearances like shit happens like fucked up shit happens to people all the fucking time and you don't you can't think about that kind of thing all the time because it's like kind of gut wrenching, you know, like how unlucky you could be. Like I could totally buy this. Like you're on the highway in West Texas. There's no one around for fucking 60 miles and some like psychopaths like rednecks are just fucking with people. It's like, dude, that's probably happened so many times or something like this, or just like serial killers, you know, that like right wrong place, wrong time, you know, like how kind of cruel and, just, like, fucked up existence can be, you know? Yeah. Like, that's yeah. where I was going with this part. Like, God, dude, he seems like a good dude, a good dad. He's got a fucking 16-year-old kid, his wife. It seemed like they were going to, like, maybe see colleges or they were just going on a family trip, you know? Yeah. And it's like, this happens? Like, this can happen to you? Fuck. Yeah. Get a gun. But, yeah. Don't somewhere. drive... Don't drive on back roads like this. That's the other thing, like desert movies and shit. Like, I don't know. If you got to get one place to the other, I'd add on some hours to get on, like, somewhere where there's civilization and shit. Because after watching this, I was like, fuck, dude, that's such a creepy feeling. Like, if there ain't nothing for, like, 90 miles and it's, like, two-lane highway and it's, like, a Gila monster off the side and that's it. God, you gotta fucking fight
1: at least. I mean, I think. That, yeah. I think. The- I thought in
0: the before that, I thought he, there's more he could have done in the car. Like, yeah. wouldn't you just fucking stand on this thing? Or even my first thought after you get, like, they're playing all nice and stuff, but as soon as, like, you start trading paint with another car on the highway yeah. and it seems like these people are psycho, wouldn't have you tried to take him out with the car? Yeah. First?
1: I mean,. I, I Ram think that's, that fucker. I think that's one of the things, like, I don't know if it's like a hostage negotiator, or the, the type of person that would be like a consultant in stuff like this, like a Liam Mason in Taken, mm-hmm. always always says, like, never let them take you to a second location because that's where they always kill you. You know, so if they're like, just get in the car and we'll, we'll uh, let your husband go or whatever, it's like, no, you can't believe them because they're going to fucking no. kill you. So you need to do whatever you can to fight. And, yeah, so... Uh, Unfortunately for the wife and daughter, they get raped and murdered yeah. and it takes, so that's when we meet, I thought it was Lieutenant, but maybe Detective, uh, Andes Andes.
0: Roberto Bobby Andes, by played by Michael Shannon. Fucking awesome.
1: Yeah. So, uh, Gyllenhaal survives the night, uh, cause they, they just dumped him out in the middle of nowhere, middle of nowhere. They should have killed him, which is why they circle back to kill him, but bumbling idiot didn't do it so uh, then then it kind of flashes forward about a year that they haven't found anybody but the detective calls them up because they had like a failed robbery right one of the guys died one of the guys got shot and yeah so he comes in identifies them yep that's him Um, they're able to arrest and keep one of them right because they have his fingerprints on the car but Mm -hmm. the other guy
0: it's they, all circumstantial,
1: right? So all they have is eyewitness. So they let him go, but I guess I probably just skipped a little bit in the middle there. Th-
0: there's there's now. some other stuff where we get back. We can focus on like the the core, the middle story, the that's the book, the story within a story. Like yeah, this because is, it, this it, is it, fictional in this world. Yeah. So because it does
1: it starts peppering back and forth between the story and current day. And then it starts jumping back to the flashback. So, um, Susan, as she's reading this manuscript, she's starting to see parallels between her former relationship with the guy Mm -hmm. who wrote the book, which is,
0: um, and it's starting to affect her. Like there's like parts where it's real tense and it cuts off and it shows her like, she's like, oh, and she like drops a book or she like has to put it down. And she's like, Oh fuck. I felt like right there. I was like, I was with her on every point where she's like, Oh Jesus Christ. You know, like yeah. I, felt, I was like the same way, right. at That point. Like I would have to step away for a second. You know, if I was reading that. Yeah. Well, and I, I can't remember if one of us mentioned it
1: already, but he dedicated the book to her. So yeah. already. We, okay. So she's starting to see some parallels between her relationship with him and the story. Right. And so then, then it's more than just like, a, wow, this is a really fucked up story that she's having a hard time reading. It was like, Oh, so he, he's drawing from something. So what's, what's the symbology there and yeah. where is it and where is this going? Because right. then they start telling the story of their relationship sort of concurrently where, you know, they started fell in love. Her mom was a real bitch
0: like a high-end like like high society yeah he's socialite he's and not he's, good enough geez, this guy's not good enough he's weak and she says uh
1: i disagree and then pretty soon after <laughs> she's like i agree and you know she,
0: the mom for all for being a bitch and the way she plays it she was right man yeah. like she's like i know you too well you know like you're like she infers like you're pretty impulsive. You're this is like a play thing. You're gonna get older and realize, you know, like I think she was trying to get over on it, like you're not any better than me. Like like she had like this air about her that she oh, I'm not my mom or I'm not I'm not one of these high society fucking snob things. And it's like, mm, you sure about that? Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah. So yeah, mommy dearest was right though. So then yeah, we we
1: sort of get to see the the crumbling of their relationship culminating with and if I'm jumping around too much, let me know because No, this is good stuff. So their their relationship terminates with her terminating a pregnancy without telling him
0: I completely forgot this part too and it hit me too. Like I love the way it cuts. Like the, the camera. Like she like her current husband's like it's gonna be okay we're gonna make this okay because she's all fucked up about having the abortion you know and like then it cuts like to her point of view and then the camera pans slowly it's all raining and shit it's dramatic and you see fucking jake gyllenhaal in the fucking rain just like menacing menacing like depressed broken all anguish like deadlocked right on her face and she's like oh fuck yeah you know Dude, that was a gut punch. I completely forgot about too. I was like, Dude, how did I forget this? This is hardcore.
1: Yeah. So, so she's cheating on him with that guy. They, she gets the abortion. They break up. She marries of, that his, guy. of
0: his kid of Jake Gyllenhaal's kid. Mm. His her ex husband. Yeah. Uh, so, so back to, that's what it's implied. It is. You don't really know yeah.
1: that. But. I thought. I thought she made it pretty clear that it was his.
0: Okay. Maybe not. I don't, I don't think they come out and verbalize like saying, yeah, it was mine or yes, it was your kid. You know, you kind of have to read between the lines slightly, but. Um,
1: well, because she ends up having a kid with the new guy almost immediately because she says they've been together for 19. 19 or they've, been, yeah. they've been broken up for 19 years. And when they show her daughter, it's like she looks pretty goddamn close to 18 or 19. So,
0: yeah. Um, also yeah, so- very close in age to the teen in the book
1: yeah Oh
0: in the, in the the other story you know and the mom oh, yeah. isla fisher's a redhead so like there's like parallels like you know them dying them them being taken away it's like this is what you did to me you know like yeah and think, what is it i think me?
1: the i think the character of the daughter was unnecessary and a little confusing because at first i was like well is this jake jillenhall's daughter and i think it's the new
0: guy's daughter. oh you mean in in current in real well, life I, like yeah. that yeah, it was kind of like a throwaway like um yeah, why are you it was here? a very quick yeah. I think that was just emphasizing like how uh shocked like she's sh- either you're sympathizing with Amy Adams or she is with the audience, like that this just happened and she's like, Oh, I need to call my daughter and make sure, you know, like she knows I love her, you know, like making yeah. you like think about the things that you have and value. After, after seeing something so fucked up, you know, or reading yeah. something,
1: so that's so that's how the flashback ends, and that's how their relationship ends. So then, back back to the the novel. Now that they have two of the three, sort of in custody, one dead, they have to release one because they don't have any evidence, and this is where it turns into just a good old fashioned like revenge movie, yeah. Which, I mean, vengeance. Vengeance is, like, one of the the worst human emotions, but it's so fucking relatable, especially in yeah. situations like this where it's, like, I don't give a shit about what the rules are, and nobody could fault me at all. It's, like, the, the Gary Ploush thing that we've talked about a million <laughs> yeah. times. Like, uh, yeah, you're not allowed to just murder people on the street, but uh, I'll allow it, you know.
0: Yeah, it taps into something primal. It's kind of just oh, like like, sex sells, vengeance sells like a motherfucker. Like, look yeah. at how many revenge, vengeance movies there are out there. It gets yeah, to a so point of almost, like, revenge porn, but at this point, like, in the way I think this movie handles it, I think they handle it uh, better than that. You know, like, it's it doesn't feel as cheap as that, really. Like, it, it makes you think about it, and it, it doesn't happen, like, clean, you know, like, like, uh, all this build up and you uh, I got my vengeance, you know, I got justice has been served retribution. It's like, that doesn't make everything all right, you know, like at all. And showing the aftermath of that, like,
1: yeah, I mean, and what they did was so heinous and it's so obvious it's these guys. It's so it's easy to get behind it. If there was right, even a little hesitation, like, oh, yeah. yeah, that could be them. Like, okay, we'll slow down before you kill these guys for no reason. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's, it's easy to get behind when you, you, the viewer, they show you like something that happens and then you see them later on. It's like, oh yeah, we know that's, that's them.
1: Yeah. So
0: rights. I mean, the,
1: the short, the short and sweet version is, um, they're trying to squeeze these guys for information. They, they basically take them from the jail. Well, one was released. The other's in jail. They take them to a shack. And they're trying to interrogate him.
0: We're going to head to my camp.
1: Yeah. So they bolt. One of them gets shot and killed.
0: Well, wait, just before this, I yeah. think we should set up the fact that our guy, uh, Andes, played by Michael Shannon. Oh, is, yeah. We come to find out he's, because this, I think this is a year after uh the rape and murder of his wife and child jake Gyllenhaal's, has occurred and he's been kind of kept in the loop for a year year and a half like leads updates you know and then gets us to this point where they got one of them it looks solid but then this other guy's going to get off the ray i can't remember yeah. fuck his name played by aaron taylor johnson um and it's it's starting to look like, you know, like Andes makes a comment, you're know, like, this chicken shit fucking DA doesn't wanna fucking prosecute. He like this kid's got some like smart ass from Dallas lawyer and they don't have any corroboration and it's all circumstantial. His, we couldn't find his thumbprint or fingerprints DNA anywhere. So it's looking like he's going to walk. Then you come to find out, okay, so our guy Andes isn't doing too well. He's like fucking coughing and shit. And he tells Jake Gyllenhaal, I got cancer. And this is where he starts like broing down with him. Like, you know, like we're going to make this right, you know, like, fuck yeah, let's go. Let's buddy up and, and kill these motherfuckers. And, He's like, yeah, I got cancer and fucking so I don't got nothing to live for. And like I don't want this to be like the, the last because he's getting forced out too. He talks about that. There's some politics. He's like, I ain't this isn't gonna be the last, you know, stain on my career and like what I what I left on this earth, you know, so I'm gonna make it fucking right. Um and I like that too, because they kind of humanize also uh Andes cause uh Jake G's like don't you have family? Do you have wife, kid? He's like, no wife. And he's like, I got a kid in Corpus. You know, like, so it seems like just right there, and like the way he is, you can tell, like, he's probably a bastard workaholic and has a shit relationship or no relationship with his daughter. And he's like, no, I'm in it for. I got all the cards on the table. All the chips are out. Like I'm willing to fucking go down for this. I'm yeah. gonna die anyway. He's like, I got fucking cancer, you know. So, that's a kind of a, a convenient thing for Jake G. But it seemed like he was kind of cracking too. Like he he has some scenes where he's really fucking giving it. Like like I t- completely bought like that. This is how someone would act. Like he's taking a shower and he's fucking crying and like and he's like shivering at night. Like the physical yeah. that he brought to the mental anguish was fucking stellar but i feel like he was he would have done something too because he didn't he was broken as fuck He don't have anything to live for either right. at this point so that so yeah that culminates in like he's like how far are you willing to go you know you go all the way and so they get him to this camp and one of my favorite i don't know if you can pick out or think with my autism what my favorite part of this movie but in specific this scene when they go back to michael shannon's shack out in the woods I'm gonna play a clip that I really like where he, it's like he he's a pretty bad motherfucker. <laughs> oh, you feeling uncomfortable boy? Ooh.
1: Yeah, you look like you're feeling uncomfortable. What? Ooh, sorry. What's that? Huh? I ain't gonna kill you, son.
0: Oh please. <laughs> What, you gonna uh, cry? Are you gonna cry? You gonna cry? Dude, when he says, I'm policeman," Yeah. That's, something that's about, good. dude, it fucking triggered my, my tism was tingling. I was like, dude. Are, are we cross? Yeah.
1: <laughs> I ain't gonna kill you, son. I'm a policeman. Something about. It's me. like they both know he's lying, but yeah. <laughs> you're just throwing it out there to try to make. It. I mean, it's kind of like the way that the shitty, the highway carjacking goes where they're like, we're just going to help fix your tire. It's like everybody knows you're lying and it makes it that much more like sinister. Like, yeah, you're 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 creating this illusion that nobody believes and it makes it that much scarier because. yeah, And, they,
0: but, and they go back and forth
1: too with it. Cause there might be a deep part of your like animal brain that's like, maybe this is
0: going to be okay,
1: but yeah, the, the intellectual part of your brain is like, no fucking way. This guy is going to kill me for sure.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm sure it's like the, that was kind of like the stages of death, you know? And like, you know, there's bargaining at that point that happens. Oh fuck. Yeah. Maybe if I, you know. Like if I do this, this will happen. And they, they were they there's just some old country boys. They're just fucking around, you know. They're they really fucked around and damaged my car and everything. But maybe they will. Maybe they're not full psycho. They'll help me get we'll get the tire on. We'll we'll leave. We'll I won't go after them. We'll be all good, you know. Like they they plant little seeds like that, and they go back and forth, and and, and to, right at the end too, you realize no, this is this guy. These are fucking psychopaths and. Like the scene when, when there's they a little bit of chaos. Who we thought they were. Yes, I need to get that bump going. God damn it! But like when they, when like they knock him over and then they grab the daughter and then it's like bang bang. They get in his car. They put. They have both the women in the car and he peels out and it like shoots to him and he and you get that cold realization like this just happened. This yeah. this shit's happening. Like, fuck.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. hardcore. I mean, I, it can't even really be overstated. It's fucking dark, and it's it's heavy.
0: Yeah. But um, it's good. But so back at the camp, yeah, so uh, M. Shannon and Jake G. are fucking brazing these guys and kind of fucking with them, toying them. I would have liked uh, to see a little bit more torture or get some licks in. Here, I felt a little shortchanged on that, but maybe that's just me. But they end up shooting one of the dudes. I think it might have been – personally, I think it it might have been a little intentional that the
1: guys didn't give it up for a really long time because I started thinking like maybe these guys didn't have anything to do with it and maybe this weird story he's telling is just an allegory and we're going to find out that he's actually the one who – Killed his wife, you know, like your brain starts going in different directions because once, once the one guy cops to it, it's like, okay, this dimension of it at least is solved. So like, yeah, they were doing it, but when they're still denying it over and over, there's that seed of doubt that's like, well, maybe he's fingered the wrong guys because he's so like fucked up. Maybe the story is not at all what we think it is. And maybe he was responsible for it or it's like a mental thing where he's manifesting these other personalities. Like, um,
0: yeah, they could have easily slipped it, like shifted gears and made him an unreliable narrator. And like, like other movies have done where they, they show you one thing and, and you're thinking through his head, but it could have been like, Oh, he was hallucinating that, or he was tied so hard to his grief and anger that someone similar like he's like, yep, yeah, that's them, and like you know how memory plays tricks on you and is super unreliable over time.
1: Yeah. So then, so then, once the guy finally cops to it, it's like, okay, well, at least I know what's going on here. And so yeah, like you said, he they they shoot and kill the one guy when he's trying to flee, and then um, Ray gets away, and M. Shannon said he's going to go check the highway, and so he sends. Yeah. He sends, uh, what the fuck is his character name? So, Tony. Yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal is Tony Hastings in the book, Edward Sheffield in real life. So he tells Tony to go back and check the rape and murder shack in case that's where he <laughs> may have gone. So he goes back there, finds Ray. They kind of have a, a final confrontation where I thought... Dude, just fucking shoot him! Like he's taking yeah. so long.
0: I was like, God, I was praying for. It's like blow out a kneecap, man. Yeah, Start shoot there. Him, shoot him in the dick. Yeah, exactly. Incapacitate him and and uh, incur uh, torture at some yeah. point in some way before you just shoot him in the head. I know yeah. that's easy to say, but it's like, God damn it, dude, do it.
1: Yeah, i I've, I've heard I've heard the most painful, slow way to die is getting shot in the stomach uh, oh I, yeah i imagine that would not be fun but yeah so yeah
0: th- they show that i think in you've ever seen the movie three kings with george clooney I and ice cube and spike might jones have, if like i Warburg. did
1: it was like right around the time when it came out like 99 yeah. or something
0: anyway there's a scene where they like show in like detail it's this really cool effect where they're like they do, like, a side thing. Like, when you get shot, you don't die immediately. It turns into, like, a fucking, like, a, like a school science PSA. Then it shows a bullet go through someone's stomach. Like, this oh. is the most painful way or whatever. And then it does, like, a zoom, like, practical effect. You go into the gut. You see the bullet go through, like, fucking intestine and, like, fucking spleen, whatever. And then it shows the blood, how it flows slowly. And it leaks out everywhere. And it's, like, you actually die of this. And it's, like, th- and it takes this long, you know, like. Hit me in it, the spine. Really, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's in the smaller your back, about the size of an acorn. Uh, yeah, so yeah. so Ray,
1: Ray picks up a po- fire poker and shoots him twice. He gets hit with a poker, knocks him out. Uh, so then he wakes up. Ray's dead, luckily. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, he would have fucking finished him off in short work. So he goes outside, shoots the gun in the air. And I didn't even pick up on the fact that he accidentally shot himself.
0: Yeah, I didn't either. I was like, was that just like, was that something I heard in the background? Or was that like outside? Because I thought he just like, he shot one shot in the air for whatever reason to maybe call attention to where he was. And then he just slumped over from pure exhaustion and his split, literally splitting headache with that fucking gash he had over his forehead. But then, yeah, when it like they do, I think they do some like flashbacks or like sideways cuts to like real life or the with Amy Adams and then back to him. And then his eyes start to like, like go out and you see, I think, blood pool up. I was like, oh, fuck. I didn't remember that either. But yeah, he accidentally shoots himself in the gut, um, which I don't know. I think as we talk about, as we wrap it up with, like, what's going on outside of the the sto- the manuscript she's read, it makes sense. But, um, yeah, that's where that, that story ends um, that Amy Adams is reading. Yeah.
1: So uh, he dies in the book. And I, I can't remember when exactly it was, but Amy Adams earlier, like, she hadn't finished the book yet, but she was – she was into it, and she emailed him like, hey, right. um, I'm, in, I'm reading your book. I'm into it. Uh, yeah, let's meet up because he, had, there was a note that when he said. Like, yeah, re- great,
0: check this out. Let me know what you think or something, like real casual and, like, left his email address. Well, and he said, I'll be, I'll be in L.A., I think, for three
1: days. Let me know if you want to meet up. And so, you know, so right. it's a short window. and
0: So, so it's a short story. She, yeah.
1: So she hadn't finished it yet, and so she emailed him like, "Hey, uh, yeah, I, I definitely want to meet up when you're in town on this day or whatever." And, and he just writes back like, well, "Just tell me when and where." Yeah. <laughs> so, they set a time to meet.
0: Is there anything I'm missing before we get to this part? There's one part where I, I alluded to where she she goes into like her work, and then uh, a gal is like, "Oh, look at." I, I can she's like what's that and she's like oh I'm monitoring my baby like she has like a baby, oh, baby yeah. hooked up at home and she can see it through her cell phone like it's linked and it's this green like night vision shit and like the baby's asleep in her crib and she's like oh look and she's like oh it's so cute and there's this real fast jump cut of ray from the book that she's reading because she's so engrossed and she's fuck she's taking pills and shit and fucking uh in insomniac and this Ray character from the story she's reading pops out like a little jump scare that, and she drops the phone. Like that's the only thing, but that that we kind of glossed over. But um, did you
1: recognize that gal, by the way?
0: Yeah, it was Jenna Malone.
1: I didn't recognize her, but I saw her name. Uh, yeah, in the credits, and uh,
0: very her- small role for her. Yeah, I mean, horrifically
1: bad outfit. <laughs> Some weird shit, dude. Like hard square in, uh, angles. Donnie Darko with old yep. Jake Hall. How fun!
0: Yep. She also played uh young uh, Jodie Foster in Contact, which is never seen her. Ooh, Contact's great. I love
1: didn't, it. Didn't Didn't your dad like stab your mom?
0: Kill your mom? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking asshole. Um. But yeah, then. Uh, I I think there's some, there's a little bit of back and forth with her current husband. It's like, but we knew from the beginning he was cheating on her. Like couldn't stand to be in the house longer than five minutes. And I think she knew that too. Yeah. There's that
1: that good scene where he gets to New York and he's in the elevator and the elevator attendant asks him what floor and he's like, Oh, 31 or whatever. And then they're talking about nothing significant.
0: She's like, that's not our usual floor. He's like, oh yeah, the other, the other room's already booked.
1: Yeah,
0: and go figure. Thirty like, first floor, ma'am,
1: and you can tell she's like, you motherfucker.
0: Yeah, she knew right then and there. He's like, oh, is there something wrong, babe? Um, but yeah, and then at the end, you can tell there's trouble in paradise there too. But um, yeah, then it just culminates with you know her getting all dolled up and like, you know, like she's excited it seems like for the first time she's broken out of her like her dark cloud um, and she goes to meet uh, Jake G at, at a fancy restaurant she orders herself a manhattan or a fucking whisk, two fingers of whiskey
1: <laughs> such an and asshole sh-
0: and i like the build up in the music here cuz i fully intended like to to see oh okay here's Here's Edward. Here's Jake G. They're gonna hash it out, and there's gonna be some kind of resolution here. And the way they pace it and play it, like it teases it out quite a bit. Where I was like, Yeah, oh, sh- you feel like her. Like, oh shit, is he not coming? What's going yeah. on here? Like, it's this is a long time they're focusing on this. It's like he's not coming. Yeah, and it's it's
1: funny because I don't know if it was intentional or not. Because as I was watching it, I was I was trying to figure out how much time was left just out of curiosity. And I felt like going into that last scene, there was, there was like 10 or 15 minutes left. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay, we're going to, we're going to get some kind of resolution or whatever. Like maybe I got up to go to the bathroom or something and paused it. and was like, oh, okay, this is going to be the last little scene. And then after two or three minutes, maybe it cut to the credits with him not showing up. I was like, Oh shit. I, I did not expect that just based on how much time was left. But right. Yeah, so he doesn't show up. Hmm. So now we get to the why. Yeah.
0: So I. What uh, was your first thought? Or get into what you were about to do. My first thought was like, fuck, I wish they would have.
1: Like, there was a lot of thoughts kind of swirling around, but I was a little bummed. Initially. But then the more I thought about it, um, I was still not super in love with the ending, but I knew we were going to be talking about it. So I thought, like, well, I wonder what Jim thinks about this and what other people in general think about it. And originally, I was not going to read anything about it. I kind of wanted to just go into a blind. Right. But then I was like, ah, eh, fuck it. I'll just kind of jot down my different thoughts about it and then read a little bit and see if that adds or subtracts anything. And if I hadn't read anything, I wouldn't have even picked up on the fact that he accidentally shot himself. I just thought he died of you know, right. ble- bleeding out overnight. But I did read one piece of trivia that I wanted to start with where it says uh, Tom Ford established in interviews that the ending is intended to be interpreted subjectively, subjectively by the viewer. Edward did not show up either because he still. So this is what this piece of trivia says. He did not show up either because he still loves her and it is too painful to see her again. Or because she gave him the inspiration and strength that he needed to write his masterpiece and move on. It is up to, to the audience to decide that. I didn't think it was either one of those things.
0: Yeah, me neither. At all. I thought, um, especially not the first one. Like, yeah, yeah, no that that
1: didn't make any sense to me when I read it. So uh, there was one there was one scene in particular that really kind of in, informed. My <laughs> ult- ultimate conclusion, which I'm not super married to, but there was a scene late in the book universe where uh, Jake Hall is getting super emotional. And he's like, uh, my wife and kid are dead basically because I'm a weak bitch. You know, like I didn't right. do anything about it. And yeah. that's why they're dead. So I took that. If you, if you sort of transpose that into the real world, I sort of took the manuscript as like an apology to Susan. Like, hey, I'm sorry. I lost you and our daughter mm-hmm. because I was mm-hmm. such a bitch. Right. But so that was my initial thought. My second nice. thought was um, this is like a fucking suicide note because he dies in the book. I thought he killed himself in real
0: life. Oh, yeah. Um, Damn. cause he,
1: cause he dies in the end of the book, whatever. But here's where that didn't really start to jive with me. Like, okay. Um, Susan, she's actually the shitty person in this entire story. Like, Oh yeah. She's a fucking bitch to him. You know, she did exactly what she said she wouldn't do. Uh, to didn't her mom him. And, her,
0: and her mom said, this is what you're going to do.
1: Yeah. She ran to this piece of shit and now she's getting her just desserts by having an unhappy life. So why? So my second thought was this was him saying, fuck you to her. Mm-hmm. But I felt like it wasn't exactly clear because the scene of him saying like, Oh, they, they're they dead because of me. That doesn't jive with him, him not showing up as a fuck you. Like, right. So, uh, what do you think about that initially?
0: um, I think those are all solid takes that you came up with on your own. I never would have looked at it like a suicide. That's an interesting angle to me is uh, like that. This is just one massive suicide note to her, like that this manuscript. And, and I, my, my first take on it, like just right on the nose, gut reaction was, uh, this was just like a fuck you to like, because earlier on she's like, he wants her to read something. I don't know if it was part of this or some other thing. And she's not very receptive to it. Oh, she was such a
1: bitch about it.
0: Yeah. And he's bummed because like she could have, it's like, this is where little white lies come in or at minimum, like some kind of criticism and just go along with it. Like constructive criticism, like not the way she carried it out. Um, But to me, it was like, this is him saying, I know this shit's good and fuck you, you know, like I, I'm proving myself to you and I don't need you and like uh, because they also allude to later, like earlier on, like, yeah, he, he called me a couple years ago and I like ignored his call or whatever, you know. No, like,
1: it was the opposite. She said that she tried to call him a couple years ago and he hung oh, up on her.
0: Oh, that's right, that's right. So
1: he's obviously still pissed and, and yeah. maybe, maybe that scene where he's like it's my fault that this happened. Maybe that was just kind of like a deke to throw you off where. Yeah. And then the ultimate fuck you is just not showing up. You know, one thing I was thinking real quick, um, man, this was another theory I just came up with earlier today. So if you think about the, the book, as like an allegory or symbolism of their relationship. Who do the rapists represent? Right you could get really up your own ass and be like, it was his own ego or, you know, or whatever. Right. But if you think about it, where if, if the rapists represent, uh, the fuck is her new husband's name? It's a really shitty name. Hutton Morrow. Hutton. Yeah. That's <laughs> the, the dumbest, <laughs> dumbest character name ever. But if Dakota, if you, if, don't
0: hate your sister.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if you think about like, Oh, the new husband, this Hutton guy. If he represents the rapist who took everything from him, meaning his wife, oh, his kid, his yeah. happiness. What if, what if, when she goes to meet him at the restaurant, it flashes to him, uh, Sheffield, Edward Sheffield, Jake Gyllenhaal showing up to um, Hutton's like hotel room in New York when he's cheating on his wife and like killing him. I thought that would be pretty oh. fucking cool. Dude, that'd be pretty
0: fucking hardcore. Yeah. Yeah, that would make this a completely different thing. Like, yeah. Like you'd be hitting the, the revenge factor both ways, you know? Yeah, that's one I never would have thought of either. Um, after I started, I started I I did a little tr- trivia search and kind of looking at some of the themes because I'm too dumb and I don't have enough time to critically think that way. Um and I saw a lot of stuff where that I didn't pick up on. I wish I was able to pick up on this stuff easier. But like the red couch that he finds the his in the book, his wife and daughter murdered, laying there. The Amy Adams is on a red couch earlier on when she's uh, critiquing or like slamming his fucking work, you know. And so that was like seared in your mind. There's I didn't a lot pick of green. up on that either. Yeah. Like that's the 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 symbology, symbolism. Uh and then also green plays a big part. There's a lot of green everywhere and then it culminates where she wears that distinctly like dark green dress, you know. Um
1: so, that's all shit
0: I didn't really pick up on, but
1: I didn't I didn't pick up on any of that stuff either. There was one thing that I did pick up on that I wasn't sure if maybe you did also. But there's that scene where they're arguing and the flashback to them as a young couple. And it was mm-hmm. like, it was like such a deliberate shot where they're walking down the street and then the camera turns and it points right at that like GTO or whatever that Pontiac is. Did you see yeah. that? Yeah. And it seems it so deliberate. And when it did that, I was like, Oh fuck, that kind of looks like the car from the carjacking. Right. So I was like, oh, God, is this like a fight club? You know, it kind of went to that same like, <laughs> oh, no, is this is this a, a, a creation of his own, like, fucked up right. psyche or because it just seems so deliberate that they're like, check this out. Look at this real quick. Yeah. Oh, we're going to cut away. Like,
0: yeah, and then they start then they do one of those like quick montages where they rewind and they show you what really happened versus what you were shown kind of thing. I'm glad that didn't happen yeah sure. well,
1: because because the the connection i thought they were going to make there was there were two cars driving side by side blocking the highway right so but it's the one car that ends up fucking with them and the other one just kind of drives by I yeah i was wondering gonna,
0: about that too
1: it was weird like i thought they were going to flash back and and like oh it was actually him psychologically driving that's you know like yeah it was just weird so i yeah. don't know it, it definitely did a good job of keeping you on your toes. I'm I'm surprised this well, – I guess I'm surprised and also not surprised that this isn't a more popular movie because it's just really fucking dark. But mm-hmm. for people that are into that kind of thing, uh, I think it's pretty enjoyable.
0: Yeah, I think it's it's pretty slept on just because of like – I don't know. I feel like – there's like another film renaissance from like either starting 2010 or like 2015, there's just like a shit ton of good stuff out there. And I think it just maybe has got lost in that, but it has some other things going against it. It's kind of a slow burn outside of like the, the tension in the book, like that part, I could see people kind of being like, like the back and forth yeah, with atoms not- and,
1: I didn't think it was slow. I was, I don't know. Maybe it's just my own personal. like practice, I, didn't, I didn't, I didn't either. I I'm it. just, I'm just thinking
0: other, I could see someone else not being with it, you know? But yeah, um, yeah I think it just maybe got lost kind of in that, in that glut of a lot of good shit coming out. It did get, I, th- I think it got multiple, it got multiple Academy Awards. Nominations. Uh, I think Michael Shannon was for uh, best supporting actor, and the dude who played Ray, Aaron Taylor Johnson. Funny enough to me, he won a Golden Globe for his performance in this film, and I actually wasn't really hot on him. No, I wasn't either. I didn't buy him as that character. I felt like someone else could have played it a little stronger, a little bit more menacing. Well, so there Um, was there was Ray, there was Lou. Who's Lou? (laughs) Uh,
1: and then the, the third assailant who we don't see after the initial carjacking, I thought he was the most like best bad guy in that initial thing. Like he just seemed like the most menacing and sort of evil. And so when we, when we catch up with the other two later, I was like, Oh fuck, where's the other guy? He seemed like the, the King dickhead of the three.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm just familiar with Aaron Taylor-Johnson. He was in Kick-Ass. He's been in a couple other things, um, so he stuck out. I was like, this has to be, because he's the name, you know, so he's Uh-oh. he's the one I kind of focused on, like, as, as the ringleader. But, yeah, I wasn't really hot on him, so I was kind of shocked that he won a Golden Globe for his portrayal in this, but, no. yeah, I think it goes without saying Michael Shannon is, is pretty – Awesome, he steals every scene he's in. But I think it's it's weird that Jake Gyllenhaal is almost an afterthought in this. And he has some really good, like like I alluded to earlier, like the physical acting, the anguish, the mental anguish. Yeah. I really bought. And I bought him too as as like the kind of pitiful, like, like weak, I guess if you want to throw a label on it. Cause I mean, there are definitely times where. Uh, he was weak and you could tell, and he felt bad about it and he had regrets. But I could also sympathize with it too because I was like, for his badass, oh, if someone did this, I'd fuck shit up and like this and that. And it's like, I don't know what I would do in that kind of situation when it's like fucking eyeball to eyeball and shit's going down like a really like tense nobody knows what they're gonna do unless you're like a trained fucking like like your SWAT guy or someone who's been in those kind of situations you don't know how you're gonna fucking act you know so
1: yeah
0: um but it shows him ruminate on that too like when he's like i'm weak you know like i fucking i should have done something and like how much he feels it and you can see in that scene too like michael shannon doesn't really know how to deal with it but he does though because he's able to, he's like you're a good man you know like like all of that that acting was fucking top tier um yeah one scene too that got me when like he he shouts at ray and he's like he finally like lets the tiger out of the cage when he punches him yeah and he's like when he screams at him he's like you fucking dirty motherfucking bastard you know and he's he yells i was like dude this guy can act his fucking pants off um, and Amy Adams, I thought was great too. Like she played a fucking depressed, like insomniac, like broken guilt ridden, like all the things that that's happened and how much guilt she has. I bought that too. Um, and she's really great. If people like this, there's a HBO, It's just a one season, just mini series, um, called sharper objects or sh- excuse me, sharp objects really good. It's up there with like, it's kind of got this kind of vibe, kind of like a true detect riding the wave of like a true detective kind of thing. Uh, really good. And she's, she's, she's top tier. She plays kind of a similar character in that too, but kind of turned up to 11 uh, really good in that um, strong wreck. But
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, she, she's, she's likable in this as, as, as really a, not a very good person, you know, you, you feel mm-hmm. for, her, even though the more you learn about her, you're like, damn, she sucks.
0: <laughs> so yeah.
1: she's in this shitty position. It's like, well, you, I mean, you put yourself here, but you still feel for her, and You're kind of just waiting to see what happens. Yeah. I will say it's funny because she was so wrong about Jake Gyllenhaal the whole time where, you know, she's like, you need to stop writing about yourself. But his best work comes from writing about himself. And he was also wrong. We was, was so wrong. <laughs> in my opinion, he was wrong about her because he kept telling her like, no, you are a good artist. You just need to do whatever. And then you see this dog shit that she puts out in the gallery.
0: <laughs> like, no,
1: no, no, no. You were wrong too. But
0: these four BBWs with sparklers and fucking just full frontal with like yeah. ringlets on their wrists and just going for it well it's funny because the first one some fucking cans though (laughs) like holy shit when you take your head off man
1: i don't know about you but for me when they showed the first one i was like ugh. but then as they went the (laughs) second and third it got worse and worse worse. and worse and then when it back to the first one i was like all right that's not so bad uh, by comparison (laughs) to the other ones but
0: yeah i I can work with this Dude, I, remember, I don't know. I think it's a Chappelle skit or maybe one of his stand-ups. He has this response to something. I can't remember what it is, but he's just like, yuck. Like <laughs> That was my gut reaction, too, at the beginning. Um, yeah. What's the term you like to use for for a set of cans? Hammers.
1: Hammers. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs>
0: There's a lot. That's a, That's a really good one. I'm a, I've always been partial to cans, but yeah, you got free swinging cans in your face for like three and a half minutes and it's kind of in like slow-mo and then not, and then they're doing those weird poses, like they're laying down like dead and like, it's really fucking odd. Um,
1: yeah. With that, with that like uber fine art stuff, it, it's almost like the person is, is thinking like, I'm going to put together the most ridiculous fucking thing I can think of. And I dare you yeah. to tell me it's not. It's not, it's not smart or artistic or whatever.
0: I think of that in the same way. Like it's, it's almost like it's a hundred percent defensible because you can just say, yeah, you just don't get it, you know, without saying that. And and people internalize that too. They're like, Oh, I don't want, I don't want to telegraph. I don't get it by saying, I don't like it. You know? Yeah. And uh, it's the same as like, to me is like with those Jackson Pollock paintings, it's like, I'm going to throw shit. And splatter it against this, and see what happens. You know, and they're like, "Oh, this is an example <laughs> yeah. of early sixteenth century expressionism with the the notes." Like, yeah, it's like in dirty word with that. when
1: they release the skunks. He's like,
0: "It's meant to symbolize the turmoil in early
1: fifteenth century France." Brilliant, <laughs>
0: Don Giovanni. <laughs>
1: Or the or the dipshit like a year ago who just nailed the banana to the canvas and they're like oh oh Christ oh it's stunning
0: yeah. oh my goodness it, it, the minimalism and the the tone of the yeah fuck all that um <laughs> uh, I guess calling back to what I, I prefaced with the uh, director I thought this was really fucking wild but uh. So the director is a super famous fashion designer named Tom Ford. Were you aware of this or did you look at any of no, this? No,
1: at the time I, I wasn't aware, but I, I looked it up after the fact. I was surprised he was a fashion designer. I was also surprised that this was like only one of two or three movies he's ever directed. I thought the direction. Only two. I thought
0: the directing was really good. Like the. Yeah, it was the
1: lights or cinematography or whatever it is. I don't know because I'm stupid. I thought it was really
0: solid yeah yeah totally that's what struck me too i was like not only is this his only second film his his first one was like 2009 he had a big gap and he got into it way late in life too because i think he's an older gentleman he's like in his 50s or 60s now but um but that that you, you see people that are like actors or like screenwriters or whatever that are related in the field. And then they later become a producer or a director or this or that, but for a fucking, a fashion designer and one that's like highly acclaimed. And it's in this, in this, that's where I think he brings that art world. Like that's his kind of world. But if you look okay. into his background, he was also, fr- he's from Texas. He's like an old country boy that was born in Texas. And then now he's like this highfalutin, clothing does clothier uh, in New York, you know, that goes all these fashion shows and shit. Like, I mean, he was in that, um, you remember the Holy grail or Magna Carta, Holy grail, that Jay-Z put out in like 2013. He has a song called Tom Ford. That's all that I remember. That's all that I knew him from. And that he was like, with like Gucci or something. And he's like one of, at one of these big fashion houses. Um, he's like, I don't pop Molly. I rock Tom Ford. Uh,
1: <laughs> so but not only did he direct it, he also wrote the screenplay, right?
0: And he edited it too. It's yeah. an adapted screenplay because this came from the right. book. Uh, yeah. But he still, I mean, but still put in the screenplay work.
1: Wow. Yeah, a, I thought that a was a weird just... one off. Like imagine if, if you were a fashion designer and you just released one or two albums and one was really good, and then you're like, I'm gonna go back to fashion. I'm
0: like, what? Yeah. Yeah, it's super super weird coming from that world to this one.
1: Well, how did he get such a good cast? If he doesn't have
0: maybe maybe he has pull from
1: like the fashion world or something? Yeah, like
0: connections, just knowing people and he's fucking got to be super rich so he could probably go into something like self-financed or um I mean the budget, I mean,
1: the budget didn't look like it was too high on this cuz I I think I was wondering I th- about that.
0: He had to have pulled in a lot of favors, but they also started this at uh, the Cannes Film Festival, which is where a lot of like indie stuff and art house kind of like these kind of precious kind of movies they go to and they'll in hopes of it being received well and they'll get like a bidding war from different distribution companies that want to. Uh, pick it up and distribute the film. So, like this, this one focus features paid twenty million dollars for global distribution rights after a heavy bidding battle in Can. In Cannes. This is the highest amount ever paid for a film at a festival, which really? not just the Can Film Festival, like any film festival, um, for the the global distribution rights. I don't know how all that shit works, but um, I know it's definitely a platform. That's where like other like smaller pictures. Made by people that are not embedded in like high society that have those kind of connections can get found and discovered. Um, so, wait, so twenty million dollars? A- God, so twenty million
1: dollars just for the distribution rights, and that's a record for the most. But I don't feel like this was widely distributed. Like I never heard of it.
0: I think it was a. Pr- I think it was a standard major release in theaters. Huh? But you know. Different films uh, allocate different amount of money for marketing and promotion too. That's yeah. why you see like the MCU films and like all these other like big blockbuster tent poles, they're getting like another hundred million, like double the budget of the movie. That's your marketing, you know, like Yeah. So they don't they'd only have to make not only do they have to make back what it costs to make the film, that they also have to make back like the 150, $200 dollars like the that fucking recent Indiana Jones movie. I think it costs like 300 million to make. Yeah. That means at minimum they paid 250 250 million to market the fucking thing globally. So they have to make back to make that break even they have to make like 700 million which Holy is shit. fucking mind-boggling. So an- a-
1: another interesting thing about the the fact that they paid $20 million they must have thought this had mass appeal which if i when i watched it i did not think this movie would have mass appeal i mean it's so fucking dark and demented but
0: yeah yeah it is kind of it's it's definitely taking a gamble but it looks like this is pretty well received i've seen anywhere from like sixes to like 7.5 i didn't look up the rotten tomatoes on it but it's it's definitely like in that upper middle range kind of thing yeah, um, and a lot, a lot of people really like it, and then there's there's people that just nah, I didn't get it, or I don't, I don't care for it, whatever. Um, I did, yeah, pull, it, I did
1: pull one bad review, not for how bad the review was, but uh, I'll just read it. the The review is four words. It says "violent, pretentious, and misanthropic," and this is from Joanne Laurier from World Socialist Website. Which I didn't realize they were doing movie reviews now, but uh, pretty fun. What an outfit! Yeah, world yeah. socialist website.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think
1: a lot of people I mean, had problems with the the violence, the the raping.
0: The yeah, a, I could see that. The ending, the
1: intro, but I mean, despite all of that, I get I get the criticism, but despite all that, I thought it was great. I liked it a lot.
0: Yeah, I'm glad. I wasn't sure, but I I felt confident enough out of like the the middle story. I thought you'd be more lukewarm on like the the wraparound, I I guess, or the the uh, the main storyline. Um, but I thought you definitely like all the shit with Michael Shannon and like the the back and forth uh, with with the the murderers and the psychopaths and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I'm glad you liked it. Um, yeah, strong recommend. Uh, if you haven't seen this and you still listen to this, uh, I'd still say it's worth a watch. It's kind of a, it's, it's pretty, it's, it's filmed like the cinematography is great. Um, I think there's a lot to get out of it. So, um, yeah, one I, one piece of trivia I thought was interesting. They almost had Kim Basinger play uh, Amy Adams' wife or uh, mom, but she was instead played by Laura Linney, who was only ten years older than Amy Adams uh, at the time of the shooting. She would you might remember her. She was in Mothman. Oh Laura yeah, Linney. Yep, the other cop. Um, which, by the way, woo, I'm a I love me some Laura Linney, man. She's just says,
1: Isn't she classy. Jurassic Park, too?
0: No, I think... You're thinking of Congo. She's in Congo. She is not... It is not in the file. Um, Who's the... Uh, okay, thanks. Who am I thinking
1: of from uh, Jurassic Park?
0: Who is... What is her name? Dr. Dr. Stadler... Yes. Similar. I can't. I'm completely <laughs> drawing a blank on her. Oh, Laura
1: Dern. Yeah, Laura yeah. Dern. Fuck. Yeah. Same name. Same person.
0: Um, cool. All right. Well, yeah, I think that's it for uh, old nocturnal animals. We do have... Uh, some hate mail or before we get to that, do you have anything else about the film? Uh, I do not. I I would recommend it
1: if, uh, if you don't have delicate sensitivities or if you just really like, I don't know, psychological thrillers, but if you don't, you're not going to like it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's pretty fucking bleak, man. It definitely, it's It's tough. It puts you in a in a certain kind of mind frame that's not not fun to swim in for too long, you know. Yeah,
1: like um, you've seen Wind River, right?
0: Oh yeah, great movie.
1: Great movie. Tough, tough rape scene. Yes. So if you can handle that for ninety of the one hundred and twenty minutes,
0: like that's a good analogy. I've yeah, I would agree. If you if you're a fan of Wind River, I would say you like the you would like this. This is a little bit more artsy fartsy than that, whereas Wind River's a little bit more straight ahead, but it like the the scene like with Joe Bernthal and uh his old lady and that whole when he gets beat up and that yeah that, and it culminates in the rape scene and her running. That that's got the same kind of tension as this one does. Like when Jake G is getting his family like fucked with, you know, I felt the same way. It's
1: yeah, it's it's tough. So
0: Man, I love that Wind River was one like I didn't know anything about it went into completely blind and it was such a satisfying viewing experience like it, it 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 wasn't it didn't swing too hard in any one direction. It like played it it was like nice and tight and like very satisfying flick. Yep, I
1: had the same same exact experience.
0: And I always thought Jeremy Renner was kind of a stridezang, but he was really <laughs> rocking the shit in Wind River. I I became a a Brenner fan after after that yep. for
1: sure. Me too.
0: And and in uh, Elizabeth Olsen.
1: Oh yeah, of course. How could you not?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Looks aside, she I she's a great actress too. Like straight up. Like she's she's good. Um yeah. Do you want to transition into our our hate mail? I'm I'm excited to yeah. To let's get hear into it. This one, okay. Fucking jerk. This, this one. <laughs> so I haven't. I don't know anything about this letter.
1: I haven't heard any of it. I don't know anything about it, other than it was written by an unctuous philistine, as we have talked about. <laughs> uh,
0: too right, buddy. I assume it's about Orca. Yes. This is a piece of hate mail, uh, a retort to Steve's burbs level shitty takes.
1: Yeah, but the, the difference is I liked Orca a lot. And I mean, some people have called me a hero for saying that it's better than Jaws or I liked it better than Jaws. I mean, I would never say that, but you know, people have said it that, they just keep throwing People the word hero. Said. Brave, stunning, brave, hero are the words I keep <laughs> hearing personally. But, you know, if there's some troglodyte out there who has uh, another opinion, I'm, I'm happy to entertain it. So,
0: Well, you're in for a treat, friend. So here we go. Uh, can
1: you actually do me a favor? Um, yeah. To, to make me feel more comfortable about this idiotic person's opinion. Can we put some Orca theme music in the background because it has such a great soundtrack?
0: I am glad you asked. Oh, perfect. Ask and you shall receive. Dearest dipshit Steve, One would assume a podcast called Waxing the Porpoise would have respectable opinions regarding aquatic cinema. Thanks to your Orca diddling ass, one would be wrong. Jaws beats Orca. How can you not see that? It's the blowhole, isn't it? You see that violent fish flailing around all wet and wild, and before you know it, you're smuggling a damn baguette in your shorts. Jaws invented the summer blockbuster. Without Jaws, what the fuck would blockbuster have been called? Square Basher? What a shit name. Probably wouldn't be moving any many tapes with a name like that, would they, Steve? Also, Jaws has the single most recognizable score from any movie ever. What more do you expect from John fucking Williams? i hope he listens to your shit orca review comes to your house and rams his baton down your urethra maybe he can scramble those balls you clearly aren't using oh were the effects better in orca too were they steve quint got his damn dick bitten off oh too many kids in the movie steve they murder a kid dost thou require more innocent souls steve (laughs) oh you're more of a cold weather person that's a sound reason to dislike a movie but let's be honest Your uncultured ass hasn't seen the sun since the first time you jerked off to free fucking Willie. Just because... (laughs) Just been sitting in the dark freeing your own little Willie ever since. Oh! Does that pageant scene bother you? Does it slow down the pacing? That's a fair critique for Jaws 2. Did you goons even watch the right movie? Anyway, Chris is cool. I hope he's able to find that burrito jingle he's so damn horny for. <laughs> I mean <laughs> I mean we all like Mexican buffets, but goddamn That boy must have a kink for the Scoville shits. Or maybe he got rimmed by a waitress in the deep freeze? No shame. Go ahead and raise your flag and get your fuck on. In closing, I'm going to hire G-Baby's vomit-prone nephew and give him 20 bucks to unload his innards all over Steve's ungrateful ass. Maybe I'll <laughs> even pack his sweet pink mouth full of buffet burritos beforehand. Keep up the good work, boys. Respectfully. Steven Spielberg.
1: <laughs> oh, you son of a bitch. Um, first of all... <laughs> that was first of all, <laughs> all... Hearing the orca theme in the background... Which is so much better than the Jaws theme. It really helped. Um, John strengthened Williams
0: strengthened your resolve.
1: Uh, yeah. So I looked up the the John Williams Jaws soundtrack just for reference. Like maybe I am missing something. Um, he's a hack. Shit sucks. They had comments disabled because it's so bad. Point one: uh, the effects. Yes, the effects are much better in Orca. Um, Obviously, the Robbie. pageant scene—the pageant scene in Jaws. Yeah, I didn't remember that either. But then when these guys were talking about it, I was like, I must have blacked out or something. So I didn't want to be the guy that's like, oh yeah, yeah, totally for sure. <laughs> um, I definitely didn't just check out because that movie's movie's boring as shit. So um, the rest of your criticisms are valid. I will. Uh, do a better job and kill myself in the most (laughs) horrible way possible as penance. So thank you respectfully.
0: (laughs) Thank you. Goodbye. (laughs) I've always enjoyed the camaraderie of good friends competing in games of chance and skill. Well, that was good. I I I welcome more hate mail. Yeah, please do anyone anytime uh, I will yeah, say was, my,
1: my enjoyment of Orca it's unironic like I watched it again the other day because the old lady had <laughs> never seen it
0: that's right
1: I liked uh, it even more the second time I liked the soundtrack even more the third fourth fifth and sixth time that I listened to it so
0: <laughs> just have it on in the background <laughs> this is genuine that's awesome yeah, that was Bob from uh, Straight Chilling. Uh, by oh, the way, if, if people couldn't tell. Um, so yeah, thanks, Bob. Appreciate you. Uh, we miss you, hard Robert. Bit, Come back. Hard, hard with soju. Just kidding. Hard with Bob. Um, yeah, that was that was fun. I always like <laughs> like those little tirades and the music. Fucking, I feel like that was the perfect cutoff, like the perfect crescendo to the ending of that vitriol um <clears throat> all right uh i guess one thing to plug to i don't know when it's going to be released so keep your eyes peeled but uh logan from ghoulish university had us on the other day for um season three episode 11 split second of tales from the crypt that was a lot of fun uh probably had more fun than old Natorade and Thon weren't there to join us <laughs> fucking bastards um but yeah we had a great time uh and so keep your eyes out for check out ghoulish they got a back catalog uh should be coming out in the next couple weeks or so and we'll remind you when it does drop um you had a good time oh, with yeah. that one Oh, yeah, yeah, I think we all rated it a solid A across the board. I don't know if that's happened on their show if they'd all agreed with the same like high letter grade on that one. So, yeah, that was a good time.
1: Yeah, oh, it was good time. Good episode. It was fun. Check. And it Nader-
0: out. there is Naderade. There is a plethora of T Swift talk on that. So fucking stick it, buddy. Um. <laughs> yeah we we indulged for sure um okay yeah i think that's it for this week fuck i don't know what we're talking about next week damn it yeah i think it's i i floated a couple ideas to you we might have to call an audible maybe do a movie but we also have a couple um unexplained disappearances some high strangeness possibly a true crime grab bag uh for next week so stay tuned for that um Send if you more, want to reach out to us, send more what? hate mail. Yep, more hate mail. Wax at <laughs> the Um Instagram is at waxingtheporpoise. and Twitter, or now X <laughs> is at waxingtheporp. Dude, it's so stupid. He changed it like they're not tweets anymore. They're X E E Ts. Is it seats I think it's Zeets. Fucking so stupid, but whatever. Um, yeah, you can reach out to us that way. Um, you got any final thoughts? Um, no, I do not.
1: Check out this movie if you dare. Just be warned. It's it's pretty dark. I also want, I, I should say, you sent me the preview a while back. And just watching it like, oh, yeah, cool, looks good. And watching the movie, I was like, this has nothing to do with the preview <laughs> at all.
0: Yeah, this must be a hard one to try to package in a bytes in like a trailer, like editing that down. But oh yeah, one last thing. I just thought, Have you seen uh, previews? It's it's one that's out now. It's a horror film called um, Talk to Me. Have I don't you seen think previews so. for that? Check. You should check out a trailer. It's in theaters right now. It's like an indie darling. It's released by A twenty four, who has done like Hereditary, uh, Midsummer. The lighthouse, the witch, tons of stuff. Um, but I think those are probably the most recognizable A twenty fours. They're actually, I think, uh, they're exempt from like the the writer strike and actor strike that's going on right now because they already agreed to a deal um, with the SAG, with the union or whatever. Yeah. So they're golden. They they're still producing. They're fucking actively working on shit right now which is awesome but um yeah talk to me it's a fucking horror movie it's like a possession uh creepy super creepy uh like um indie but very very polished very well done very unique i really enjoyed it it. i just went today i went and saw it today at the theater with my 15 year old nephew and, and it was dope it was awesome super super cool and it's like it completely original you know like it it borrowed from like you know tropes like everything's a fucking remix but um it definitely it's got its own flavor it's like really cool story i I really dug it a lot so yeah check out talk to me um
1: how bad does this fucking megalodon movie look
0: god damn do you know it's weird i've never seen the meg the first one and um Me and my nephew, we've been going to the the theater a bunch lately, and I think it was before Indiana Jones. Uh, some of the previews were pretty dog shit, but uh, the Meg two came on, and the trailer, I was like, "This looks dope!" Like, it looks so dumb.
1: (laughs) You're so fucking
0: dumb. I would, dude. I was like, I was going into Indiana Jones. I was like, perfect. I was like, complete popcorn movie, like, like fucking, like consume. You know, just idiot had my brain turned off and your, I was like your edible
1: was kicking in you're like this is yeah. fucking cool <laughs> yeah, I
0: was like this is fucking cinema this is <laughs> rad as shit and then I've seen I think uh, at the time I looked at it there were seven critic reviews on Rotten Tomatoes and it's sitting at a solid zero
1: nice wow, which that's is really not a it's not,
0: yeah i've heard some really awful shit like people saying well those two hours i'll never get back kind of thing It's like ah fuck okay yeah but
1: i I saw that type of shit about uh nocturnal animals too
0: really yeah well i buy it more with with the meg just like seeing the trailer and like knowing like what they're going for you know but uh I w- I watch this other. There's this group called Red Letter Media. They're really funny, but there's this dude who his thing is like he gets all hyped up, kind of like Dick Dog talking about stuff, and uh, he he famously mispronounces uh, people's names like real subtly, and it fuck. I got such a kick out of it. Like he calls James Woods inexplicably. He call he, he calls him James Wood, and like he gets all spun up, and and he's like, and James Wood. In This he's like talking about how, how dog shit the Meg 2 is gonna be, and he's like, and he called Jason Statham, and he's like, and Jason Stateman rides in with a fucking like, <laughs> he's gonna spear a megalodon. Shit fucking killed me. It makes me think
1: of that Key and Peele where they're like, Liam
0: Neeson's oh, yeah. <laughs> Bruce Willie. <laughs> yeah, what about that Bruce Willie though? <laughs> I love those skits, but all right. Anyway. Yeah. That's going to wrap it up. Uh Get to the theater. Check out fucking uh, talk. Okay. To me. It was rad. Super Australian. It was like it, all Australian people. Their, their accent is fucking funky, man. Like some of the things that like when they say, I don't know, it like makes me feel weird. Like <laughs> they're saying, I don't know. Like they, they got those fuck, like how they ac- accentuate like some words, like, like how British and they called drawings drawings like those. Little yeah.
1: Ticks. So I've, I've watched a lot of crocodile hunter in my life. <laughs> so I, I'm okay with it. And I also watch a lot of golf. And so there's a bunch of Australian guys. So I, I think I'm just used to it.
0: Yeah. It's just kind of blurred into the background to me. It's, it's like very, like it sticks out like a store, th- sore thumb. It's like, Whoa. It 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 almost seems like exhausting to talk if like you had to talk like that, you know. But any hoozles, yeah. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you when we see you, and we'll see you later. I'm gonna kill you, son. Oh, please.